Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Oh my gosh, I, this is so exciting. I think this is the first time that we have used stereo successfully. <laughs> yes. How was your day? Oh my God, super, super lovely. I did some schoolwork, I took a nap, and now I'm making, um, you know, my hubby try to for dinner. <laughs> I love to hear that. Well, this is Heard and Heard, where it's just a herd of horses and queens and all sorts of amazing queers from Portland, Oregon, get together and talk about all sorts of things with nuance, flair, and a whole lot of humor. And today, our topic is nature, walking the children in it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I am actually like I'm I'm a new nature gay and I um yeah I come from a small town so I just like thought I was a big city girl but it turns out I like to go to nature. How about you, Miss Kimbershade? Oh my god, a new nature gay. What is that even? <clears throat> girl, I've been out in nature my whole life. I love it out here. <laughs> um cuz where what's like your favorite like type of nature like are you a forest hiker are you like the desert you like the beach what oh great question oh i i don't even know um so I, okay so i grew up in idaho which is like a landlocked uh state right so i would say that like i'm really into rivers and valleys okay all right i love a good river moment <laughs> Um, I would say my favorite probably is the beach. I'm a total beach whale. I love to just like lay out, get tan mom, hang out, be with friends. But I also have gotten more into like a destination nature moment. I'll work on a hike to see like a beautiful moment in the mountains with the valleys and whatnot. All right. (laughs) Okay. I love that. No, I love that. And so um, have you recently been on the hike that you love i um well i love actually i love mount Tabor. so if you're from portland you know mount Tabor. it's in southeast it's gorgeous to me because especially when i first moved to portland i used to go there all the time and so now whenever i get to go to the tippy top you can see mount hood and you can see like all of portland and so i was just there recently and i don't live in southeast anymore so it's always always a moment for me when i'm there back to my roots how about you baby um i definitely love mount Tabor. it's always gorgeous especially during sunset golden hour moments you know me i live for some instagram moments um but one of my favorite hikes pre um the fires was punch ball punch bowl falls up in um the gorge oh 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 no was it one of those places that got really affected by um the fires last year it was, but I think, you know, I'm not sure, but I think this year they might have, like, opened it or opened a trail close to it. But it's, like, one of those hikes that um, it, you, you have to hike through the river at some points. Oh, wow, like, that, is, that is nature, girl. <laughs> yeah, girl. Uh, okay, well, I love hearing just, like, a little bit um, of your nature experience and perspective. Um, today I kind of imagined that we would talk about kind of, like, some... Some moments in nature we've had. Um, maybe talk about climate change, because I feel like that's on everyone's minds, especially if you live in the Pacific Northwest. And yeah, maybe some just other random nature tangents. 
love it. Okay, so tell me, okay, so you grew up in Idaho. Is it flat or is it mountainous? So Idaho's weird. It's like a high desert, right? So there's a lot of flat land, but then there's also a lot of mountains. Yeah. It's weird. Did you go to camp? Was that a part of your Idaho experience? Oh my God, I'm such a nerd. I went to like summer camp, but it was like science and stuff like that. Oh it God. wasn't like okay. hiking. <laughs> I went to math summer camp. <laughs> Do you, so like canoeing, yeah, yay or nay? I've definitely gone canoeing and I love it. Okay, paddleboarding. Absolutely not. I won't even let my fiance go paddleboarding. You can, you can drown. <laughs> uh, so uh, swimming, are you doing like... Oh, of course. I love me a good swim, but listen, we're not going to do anything with a wave. Uh, we're not going to do anything with the current. Um, I like a good, not even a lake, I would say a small pond, a wading pond that um, filters. <laughs> yes, I also don't like to take extra risks with nature. I like safe nature. You know what? I'm going to scratch the pond because there's leeches. So, um, yeah, let's just stick with the beach and I'll, I'll just stay, you know, where this, the, the wave comes up right to my toes. Okay. Um, what, what is your, like, what is one of your, like, standout nature memories from growing up? Mm, good question. Okay. So, originally, I, I grew, I was born in New Jersey so when I moved to Idaho, I had never seen, like, cows and bats and that sort of shit. Like, <laughs> eagles and, you know, like, animals. Not the bats. I would say, yeah, no bats. That's a whole thing. I'm terrified of them now. But the first time I would say I went and was able to, like, go and see the stars and the Milky Way galaxy and, and, and like, camp out at night, that really sticks out in my head right now. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I didn't even ask about, like, camping. Yeah, I was... I was a total little mud baby. I remember being, like, very, like, dirty and, like, willing to, like, just, like, get down in the mud when I was a baby. And then I don't really know what happened, but then I became much more, like, prissy and I just hated camping and I did not like going to camp or, like, I kind of... Probably one of my good stand-up memories is my parents used to play... Uh, not play, but they had, like, a group of friends that they did, like, card nights with. And they would every once in a while go to a lake and have, like, a bonfire. And, like, all of us kids would play, like, games out in, like, these, like, nature state parks near lakes. And I kind of liked that. We would play, like, hide-and-go-seek and, like, climb into trees and stuff. Um, Yeah, so that's definitely one of my memories growing up with nature. (laughs) Okay, yeah, see, you know, uh, spending so much time in Idaho, there wasn't a lot to do, right? So I would find myself, like, riding my bike everywhere and, you know, just going on quote-unquote adventures. <laughs> yes, I mean, I also, biking, I, I've done, like, I love biking. Biking's probably my favorite, like, outdoor activity, if that counts. 100%. <laughs> I'm outdoors, I'm working, I'm sweating in the sun. Um, okay, so then, uh, what, have you done any nature trips recently? Yeah, a couple weeks ago, I actually went to the beach twice. Like Um, the coast? Yeah, the coast. We, um, I went one day with, um, a friend, 
uh, who travels from Idaho and they, their children had never seen the beach. So we went out there and I took my dog for the first time. And then a couple of days later, uh, my fiance had a, the day off. So we went the opposite way and went uh, through like Astoria because I had never been there. Um, and what a gloomy town Astoria is, but it was very interesting. And I took some really cool pictures. Um, but yeah. Okay. Well, this, make, this makes me, um, well, I have also recently been to the coast and we were like in a place that was like, 45 minutes with no service. Like, that's how far into nature we were. And oh, my God, I can't. I, it was, <laughs> I had, like, totally told myself I could do work out there, but there was, like, no reception unless we were on Wi-Fi, and even then it was kind of shady. So, but it did really encourage me to sort of, like, take a moment and take a breath and just, like, not be plugged in for a second, which I think is such a critical part of getting out into the wild for me like it's such a separation from my normal day-to-day so i'm a big fan of yeah of like taking little little trips like that i don't know about like going backpacking forever would you do like one of those like 30-day pc yeah (laughs) you're like do not answer the question no man i'm like a glamper nature person as well i you know i get a little bit more rough i i know how to build a fire really well oh um Okay. So, yeah, I, do, I know how to do the things that people will keep me around in, in the zombie <laughs> apocalypse. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. That's, um, but my, yes, yes. <laughs> I was going to say, but my question is, is it really nature if we get cell service? I mean, it depends on, like, how beautiful the nature is. Like, if, if it's super, super gorgeous, I will... We can be cut off. We and also if the group is good, but if it is boring and there are bugs, I want service. I need to be on my phone. I need to be distracted. This is not doing it for me. (laughs) Oh my gosh! Well, definitely. Yeah, this is a great. After we talk about climate change, I want to talk about (laughs) what we would do in the zombie apocalypse. Um, But a couple questions came to my head when you were talking. Is a what is it like, you know, I think being out in nature when you're a queer person, because that's sort of like, I feel like seen as like a straight dominated world. And then also, what is it like as a person of color where you also usually have to go into like a rural place to go experience it? Like nature is usually not like in the city. Um, oh, wow. What does, what, what do you, th- do either of those demographical things, you're both, you're a queer black um, person, yeah. does that ever come up for you? Yeah, 100%. And first of all, thank you for asking. This is such a thoughtful question. Um, I would say, first, let's talk about queer. Um, I, would, I, I, growing up in Idaho, um, as flamboyant and queenie and, and just gay as I am, tried to, you know, hide as much as I could. So it was about trying to do what the other boys could do. Um, and I think that, you know, I didn't really go camping until after I was 18 years old. <laughs> Um, and I had graduated from high school and, you know, I was trying to chop down trees and, and do and do the stuff that all the other guys could do. But eventually it was like, oh, no, I'm not into this. And then they got to shooting guns. And I was like, no, nope, that's not me. I'm going to be over here painting some nails, girls. That's that's just what it is. Um, and then more recently to your question about being black, we um, last year took a trip uh, to the beach as well and rented out a nice little beach house. It was cute Took the dogs. Um, and I went to go get firewood, oh, excuse me, I went to go get firewood and I went by myself and 
um, you can get firewood from people, like from their like farms, or you can get firewood from like the gas station or the Safeway. But I pulled off the road and I was like, oh, great, firewood, $5. I can just buy some here. And I got out of the, I almost got out of the car. And then I thought, how is this going to look to them? I'm just like some random black guy. So I decided to, to not stop there. And I, I went to the actual grocery store instead. Um, so I'm always mindful and always, you know, aware of my surroundings, even out in nature. Yeah. And it's sort of, thank you for speaking so honestly and vulnerable about that. Cause I think like that really resonates for me too. Just sort of like taking a second and like maybe changing my decisions because I'm like, Ooh, I don't know what this is. Cause, and even speaking about you speaking about guns, like I actually went with a friend to this shooting range about an hour outside of the city towards the coast and we have our little thing we're both very queer we're having sort of just like sort of a campy time (laughs) shooting this little gun um at tin cans and like up pull up a couple of very i and i feel bad almost like stereotyping them but they just look like the kind of people who would be trump supporters (laughs) and of course they have guns and so like that is just like i just it, we were there for like another like they were like do you mind if we hang out here we're like sure and then like probably like 10 minutes in it we like non-verbally communicated with each other that we were both done <laughs> and we sort of packed things up and just like kind of moved on and we both sort of like were sad but like also it's like we were kind of done anyway so it wasn't like it didn't feel like we were pushed out and they were, didn't say anything but it was just something that just like informed our experience Right, probably heightened your senses for sure. And I mean, you know, you being out in nature, you're also very vulnerable. So, you know, I commend you, uh, you both for having the intuition to just get out of there. You know, at least we're here to have this conversation. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think it's one of those things. And it's, and again, it's like not only are we you know queer, I'm also a person of color. It does all. It it just feels like a little bit of a fish out of water. And more of like, you know, my safe spaces are in places where it's rural, or excuse me, urban, and I'm around like-minded people. But I also, and, but then the, I would say another maybe contradicting story is I went to a wedding in northern Minnesota a couple months ago, and I didn't think at all about the fact that I was going to be driving up to this place by myself. <laughs> and it was fine. I kept, you know, I had to stop at a few restaurants and gas stations along the way. It was a four-hour drive <laughs> to some really uh, rural place, but it didn't. It didn't. I don't know whether there was a bit of a uh, a difference. Like you know, it was like I could feel a bit more like you know, make eye contact people and say hi and hello. Have you had any experiences where you've been sort of surprised of like maybe your reception in a rural area? Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. So um, we also took a trip last year or two years ago. We went to. Yellowstone Um, and so we stopped in my old hometown of Idaho Falls and I'm always shocked when I go back there and I see other gay people because I'm like where the hell were you at when I was growing up because I never saw you bitches okay and you know now when I go back there everywhere and I'm like okay great this is great Um, and and I found myself letting my guard down a lot more than I have in the past and I really thoroughly enjoyed it now listen I always feel safe because you know my friends that are there are um, you know really really kind to me and they protect me in in these situations so i've always been able to be myself um and appreciate that more than anything uh yeah yeah i think it yeah i think that definitely 
yeah, again, resonates having some sense of like familiarity with a rural place. Like I'm from Minnesota, so maybe that's why I felt a little bit like safer. I could communicate with these people even if they don't know me in a way that's like not threatening. Um, yeah. Okay. So let me ask you this. Yeah. What's in your like safety kit for going out in nature? I, um, like in a technical way or like in the philosophical way that we're talking? (laughs) No, I mean, like, what do you, I mean, do you, being a queer BIPOC person, do you take anything extra safety precautions? I mean, maybe not like a gun. I think I sometimes sort of, I have always lived by the philosophy that if you, and this is sort of probably naive, but I just think if you don't, if you put out energy that's like, don't fuck with me, I will not fuck with you, like, just confidence and, like, moving around in a way that, like, I've definitely, like, walked past some situations where I was like, I am happy to get away from this. <laughs> and, like, I'm going to keep just walking and pretending like I'm fine. So I think I'm, like, a oh, little yeah. reckless. So I don't necessarily have, like, a, like a, like a physical thing. But I think it, I would say what is my safety net is I was raised by white people, so I can always learn how to talk white really fast if I'm in a situation <laughs> where... Yeah, I really can, like, just, like, switch gears and, like, even deepen my voice. And then I would say... Okay. Yeah, there's, like... So there's, like, a sense of, like, ooh, I can sort of, like... I can handle rural people if they seem to be unfriendly or if they seem to be, like, curious. Um, and then also, I would say just, like, I usually don't go places by myself, which is sort of... Okay, that's tough to say out loud, kind of, in a way, but I don't... I would, if I know I'm going somewhere that's rural, I'm not usually going to go on my own, ever. Mm. 100%. Okay, so other than the, like, big bad wolf, the white man, I meant, yeah. like, you know, do you take, like, mace? Do you take something to cut seatbelts? That sort of thing. Scissors? I, yeah, I have um, one of those things that is in your back, but no, I'm, like, those go, that go in the back of your car, like, emergency kits. Yeah, me too. Like, has, like, a little hatchet or, like, flares or, like, those little blankets that go on you to warm up your body that are, like, made out of, like, tinfoil. Yeah, yeah, so take note. Katya and Kimber are ready for the end of the world. We have our safety kits. Yes. Take us with you. Yes. Okay, so this is a great segue. What what are some skills that you would bring to your group, your zombie apocalypse crew? Oh. 100% 100% I know how to cook anything and make anything taste fabulous. So keep me around because you'll eat well. You're in the commissary. You're in the, you're in the, the, the new world order bakery. Very that. I'm not going to help you fight anything, but I'm going to feed you after you do it. Okay. Yeah. And you know, honestly, okay, now this is, this is switching gears. So, but we're talking kind of like about some primal things. Cause I actually was like this weekend, I was in Chicago. I still am for one more glorious evening. And I was talking with someone about how kind of nightlife is sort of primal. Like, it's sort of like you are in spaces where sort of like people are really, you know, inebriated and like, so like they're reverting back to like the way they would like act, you know, like in the wild. (laughs) Uh, Does that resonate at all with you? Not at all. No, totally. Yeah. I think it, I think it's all a jungle at these nightclubs, um, and it's a fight for the who's the best queen and who will be on top. No, and I also think that people not being inebriated and dealing with 
you know, just coming back in and being social and navigating that, I definitely can see how it, it can be likened to the animal kingdom and, and being out in nature, the watering <laughs> hole, if you will. Yes, I've, and I was thinking, like, she's like, it's like people are like, like water, like everyone's like, okay, like we gotta get water, like it, there's like water and like people are hungry and I don't know, this like, if, and like hooking up, like looking for a partner, I don't know, it all just like has like this primal feel to it and I could like not, especially like this last weekend, it was chaos and I was like this, I felt like, I felt like in Mean Girls, do you know like when they're, when she keeps thinking about <laughs> like their interactions and how it's like, Oh, yeah, when they're at the, the fountain in the mall. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, so maybe nature is all around us all the time. Oh, yeah. Right. Maybe. Okay, because, uh, okay, so this is, you know, uh, maybe another tough segue, but we're obviously, we're entering the time where I'm, I'm worried about wildfires. We're seeing a lot of, of talk about how basically we're experiencing the climate change that we thought was coming, but it's already here. How are you, how are how are you feeling about that? What are your some of your thoughts about about climate change? It scares the shit out of me. Oh my god! I'm uh, I, I daily try to think about things that you know we could do to things we could do to save ourselves at this point. Um, but you know, it's a constant topic that's on the news. It's it's everywhere, and then. I live in Clackamas County and oh that was in a, like a high level evacuation last year. And so I'm, you know, I mean, experiencing Damascus, not, not and, a, what was the other, there's the other city, Damascus and the other begins with an E, but it's really close to you, but they had Estacada that like burned down. Yep. Out in the nature, girl. Okay. So listen, I, I, I by no means experienced anything that any like the people that actually lost their homes did you know what i mean the towns that were devastated i I went through nothing like that but when the question asked like is it on your mind yes it is because it's like right down the block for me yeah i i always sort of i don't know again maybe it's just that reckless i'm like we're gonna figure it out we're gonna get to a point where we start taking it seriously and hopefully in time but it does really feel like we're getting to that tipping point where it's like every year it seems like nature, natural disasters get worse and worse. And it's, it blows my mind that there are people that just don't see it as like an eminent threat. It's so frustrating. Yeah, I, I mean, it's crazy. And there, it's, it blows my mind that sometimes there's people that are close to me that don't get it. You know what I mean? Um, is there anything that you would say that you're like more hyper aware of um, as far as like climate change? Well... I'll tell you what, my mom was an environmental teacher. Like she taught biology and environmental science to high schoolers and my dad was a physicist and we were very conscious. Like I used to get grounded (laughs) if I like messed with recycling. I used to get like a talking to if I took too long a showers. We were very eco-friendly as like a home. Like even my parents installed like geothermal technology, which is like a less, it's electrical. Um, and mm-hmm. energy. So I just like have always grown up with an innate sense of like, this is something we should at least have to take seriously. And it was funny because when I moved into, I moved into a new home with someone, someone that you know, and we, the only tiny little conflict we had was that I grew up with just, yeah, I just was like, ooh, you're not like recycling that or ooh, you're letting the water run over something to defrost it. 
it just like I didn't re- I didn't realize how hypersensitive I was to it until I had a moment where I had to be like, okay, I might have to say something just for my own little neuroses. So I would say like things that are like individual. I if someone litters in front of me, I'm like, you're dead to me. I'm like that's so. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, gross to me. So I think, yeah, just sort of like those environmental ticks is probably kind of like my closest connection and, and sort of like daily practice of of conscientiousness. Yeah, for me, it's not so much like, I, you know, we try to do the little that we can. I, I think I'm hyper aware and hypersensitive to when my family and my, my fiance do something stupid. And I'm like, nope, we don't do that. And I'm like, I actually don't actually, I do care, but I don't care that much. You know, and I have to find myself being like, okay, wait, you're right. We can have a little accident here, but let's not do this again. And I think also, I spent a lot of time this past year sort of like reviewing kind of structural societal problems. And I think a huge way that big business gets away with infecting our our world, not just our country, our world with, you know, you know, oil spills and and excessive waste and excessive energy use. I mean, just like every single major industry does. And all the the things that we could do as individuals, recycle, not litter, reduce water use, it actually would, even if every single person did that perfectly, it would not make nearly enough of an effect as if corporations made major changes, major easy changes, you know, just switch to renewable energy you know, took better, smarter care of our lands and, you know, sort of the way we treat our food. Things like that actually would have a much better effect. So uh, it just makes me realize, too, that, like, sometimes the way that corporations and big, big whatever win is by pitting us against each other and to be like, oh, you're doing better or worse than that. And it, it, it really, in the grand scheme of things, isn't nearly as important as it, it, as it, it could be for us to, you know, really put some pressure on, on our lawmakers to make some really strict changes i think it has to be a balance of both because we live in a time right now where we the consumer can push back on these companies and get them to change um but i do hear what you're saying when when we have to also leverage and push with the legislation to make sure that they're not getting the you know financial loopholes and whatnot to make all of this money and then also destroy the earth one thing that i really wanted to point out um with us as consumers being able to make conscious decisions um the glitter that we decide to put on when we go to festivals or we go out or whatever is one of the things that's killing the oceans so if everybody could make it a point to buy eco glitter or glitter that uh, degrades that would be great that's a fabulous and i think it's you know to loop it all back in that's something that we as queer entertainers and as queer folks who are known to be glittery and glitzy and glamorous I think that's, yeah, we have to sort of just make those, those changes that we can. Like, so you're right, it is about balance. Like, what can we as an individual do to demonstrate that we care, not just to other people, but to ourselves? And then that hopefully, like, informs us and makes us want to make, you know, be part of bigger changes. So I think, yeah, I think that's fabulous. I love that. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> yeah, girl. Um, I used to work for at the Mac counter, and uh, one of my gr- best customers her name is michelle and she's um you know a part of those groups that the the whale um the whale watchers and they go and they fight the boats and stuff oh my and gosh. she's this little she's this little lady and i never would have expected that she would be so passionate about it but she taught me about the glitter and 
Um, you know, we, we can't always, in this day and age, uh, change a lot, but it starts with these little moments that'll, that'll really have impact, you know? Absolutely. And I think it's, every, you know, much, I, I was talking with Anjay Tifa, which we're both friends with, and they are, find your lane, find where, what you can do to make a difference in just about all these social and, and, and societal justice issues. Like everything you're not going to be able to no, not one of, not a single one of us in the world can make the entire changes necessary. So yeah, we just, you've got to just sort of dial it back, think about what you can do. What's your, what's your lane to make the world a better place in this particular issue? And yeah, I think, especially when it comes to climate change and climate crisis, it is also having conversations with family members, letting them know that this is what you, what you know to be right and hopefully get to sort of get them to see how important it is. Because it is, like you said, wild to have like people that you know and love not believe that. Yeah, you know what needs to happen is we need to make nature sexy. Nature is sexy. But it I, is, what, but if, what, we what like, if we like put naked people out in nature, <laughs> then more people will like want to preserve nature. You know what I mean? Well, okay, this actually is really interesting that you say that because uh, one of the podcasts I was listening to that was about social media and uh, climate change and crisis was they were like, we need to start like showing people what their areas where they live will look like in like 10, 20, and 50 years and like making people like post that, that on their social media. And like, I imagine like having some sexy people post about it too would also help things. <laughs> Yeah, I'm in. Thank you. Thank you for asking. I'll be that sexy person for you. Please. Yeah, I need to. We got to save the punch bowl. (laughs) Um, I guess (laughs) I guess um, as we wrap it up here, I want to ask you what your like, what's a plan in nature that you have or like or like a goal like like, you know, what's a mountain you want to climb? What's what's a future nature moment that you'd love to have? Um, ooh, I'll give you one that I'm kind of flirting with. Um, Lake Havasu Fall, Lake Havasu High Falls in Arizona. Oh my God, it, it's like an eight mile hike that you have to do at three thirty in the morning, and y- you have to pack like three gallons of water, and most people can't make it. I just desperately in my lifetime, I think, want to try it, just because the water at the end is this beautiful turquoise blue and this gorgeous oh, waterfalls. And- yes. Yeah, like it's an oasis in the middle of the desert. So I would love to try that. But, you Lake know, that's Havasu. like... Big, Lake Havasu. Lake Falls. I'll send you a text. Um, absolutely. It sounds like we have a group... We need a, We have a group trip we need to go on. <laughs> would you have an outdoor wedding? Oh, I absolutely want an outdoor wedding. Don't even get me started, girl. Okay, so listen. Picture it. <laughs> I picture You're going to be sitting inside of a, a grand ballroom looking at a screen. I'm going to be at the top of a volcano with a waterfall on the edge. Me and my fiance are going to say, I do. We're going to jump into the waterfall. And as we come up, Beyonce, Blackest King, is going to play. <laughs> yes! And we're going to enter the ballroom. And I only would trust you to make this vision come true. That, like, you, my fiance, if anyone can do shit, it. But it's going to happen. Thank Fish. you. Thanks I for believing in me. Are they in, the, are they in the room right now? Yeah, he's shaking his head. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Um, well, I, I can't wait. And also, yeah, Lake Havasu Pie Falls. I, I think, like, I actually, the, that, that challenge, what is it called? The PCW, the Pacific Crest Trail, PCT. 
Um, oh my God. That Cheryl Strait book. You're brave. Uh, well, I biked from Seattle to San Diego one year, and it kind of was like a moment for me, and it was really based on Cheryl Strait's wild book slash Reese Witherspoon in the movie. And I just really do think there's so much healing in nature, and I'm indigenous, and I, I, I just know... Like, I don't really... Be- I believe in a higher power, but, like, I believe our higher power is just, like, all around us. And, like, it, it's just reality that we get to live in this, like, insane... Like, I mean, fact is always stranger than fiction. And we have such an amazing world around us that just, like, defies possibility on the daily. And I think that's something that we... Hopefully, like you said, we get people to care more and more about whether it make, we make it sexier, we make it more real... Because maybe we got we we need it to live. <laughs> we need water. I think there was something I saw this documentary called "This Changes Everything." You should watch it. You would love it. But it's all about like black and indigenous people taking control of the climate crisis and like yes, like right. And it's just the, I honestly just think like trickle down anything doesn't work. I don't need white rich people trying to tell me how to <laughs> to do anything. Um, but anyway, when she's like, if you breathe, yeah, also mushrooms. Period. Psychedelics. So much that yeah no no but also they're using like spores and mushrooms that are in like forests to heal the bees okay and stop them from being endangered yeah they oh figured God. out that that's like what they needed to do is spread these spores around so that the bees like kill themselves go check it out there's an awesome documentary on netflix about it okay well i first and also i'm having my friend danny summers come on the show from the horse's mouth uh to talk about they're a beekeeper and i'm lo- i would love to learn more about bees but I, I, oh my god, I can't wait to listen. I, I can't wait to learn. But the thing is, but what they said in this documentary that, I, what, that resonated so vividly with me was if you breathe air and if you drink water, this is an issue that matters to you. And that's everyone, baby. Wow, that's everyone. Yeah, every single person. So it's, it's exciting. And yeah, thank you. I didn't know that this is the direction that this was going to go in, but I'm glad we got to talk about nature in so many different ways. Baby, whenever we talk, we always kill it. You know that. <laughs> this has been a fabulous, yeah, I've um, just sort of gathering all my energies and my brain cells all back after leaving them all over Chicago. And so this has been a fabulous way to get my brain moving and grooving again. Agreed. It's been nice to talk to you. And also, it's been nice to just stalk you on um, Instagram and whatnot. You know, Chicago's my favorite city, and you didn't even invite me. Oh, but well, that's another episode. I was planting seeds for us. To, yeah, no, we're, you're like, we'll talk after. <laughs> but no, I would absolutely love to bring more. There was a huge Portland crew here, and I was like, everyone's like, you guys are so nice. I'm like, you don't even know. I'm like, this is just some of many of the fabulous people that should be coming to this. So it was great. It was great. Yeah, definitely come to Chicago slash Market Days. Um, yes. And I would say this is Heard and Heard, and I am Katya. I'm Kimber. And we are going to be talking twice a week for God knows how long with a bunch of our favorite Portland queer friends. And I look forward to talking about more things. I think we have mental health this Saturday. And I think we're going to talk about The Real Housewives and hustling and food and yeah we're gonna get into it so tune in bye all right love you babes kisses have a good rest of your night everyone